Hello, and welcome to Follow the Woo podcast, where each week I, Fenelon Kush, will guide you on a journey into the land of the woo. We're going to investigate witchcraft, meditations, the paranormal and supernatural, alien and fey encounters, gurus, shamanism, and, and, and all the woo. So hold on to your butt. This just might be the weirdest part of your day. Hello, humans. I'm back to talk to you about something. How have you been? Um, Things are going well-ish. Man, I will say I am in another layer of an awakening process. And for those of you who haven't been kind of following along with that, oh dear, awakenings. They're basically, you know... What happens when you do a lot of very intense magical workings? Also, in the vampiric community or an area of the vampiric community, awakenings basically mean that it's like the byproduct of what happens when you connect with other people that you recognize from past lives. And the beginning of remembering people from past lives is called the frenzy. And I looked up the definition of frenzy just for shits. And the definition is temporary madness. And it's so well named because awakenings are so insane. They make you feel crazy, but they also make you feel really psychic and really magical as well. So you're able to do, you know, if you're a magical practitioner, you're able to tap into past life memories and magic that you didn't really have access to, or maybe you were close, but you couldn't quite get there. And awakenings just kind of open that up. And then at the same time, they make you feel batshit crazy because... You're just like in a liminal space. So I'm in that right now. Just one aspect of it. So I feel like my awakening is something through this project with new blood in the shows is like it ebbs and flows. You know, I have like a big moment of awakening and then, you know, I got to like do fucking taxes and laundry for a minute and then it comes back. And also, you know, you haven't seen this yet, but you will. When New Blood season one comes out this year, you'll see that at the end of season one, we do this ginormous ritual. And I can't tell you anything really because spoiler alert, but I will say that I am getting what I deserved. (laughs) So I can't really complain. Like this is the working that we asked for. This is the working that we put so much time and energy and effort into. Ugh, an emotional labor and all the things. So that's where I am right now. But some of you might be going through something similar. You know, I know there's been a lot of big, big change for people, like the end of last year and the beginning of this year, especially like fall and winter of 2023. I think we're really gnarly for folks. Oof, man. So if you've been going through it, I feel like things are shifting a little bit. Once in bulk passes on February 1st, I'm always like, oh, okay, we're going to be okay, right? Like, <laughs> I'm still asking, but it's it's better. I can feel the seasons are changing and we're moving into a new spot collectively. Things still suck in many, many places. <laughs> in many timelines. But I think now, after in bulk, I'm able to see things a little bit more positively. 
I also cleaned my altar up. Okay. That's another thing I do post in bulk is like, okay, now it's time to get rid of the old ways we did things. This is for me, my new year for real. Fuck that January 1st shit when everything sucks, at least where I'm located in Louisville, Kentucky. That is not the time to be starting new things. So don't beat yourself up if you fell off the fucking bandwagon. Who cares? So why who cares? Start now. Anyway, let's talk about the guest that I'm chatting with today. Beverly McChesney. We love her so much. Beverly is a psychic medium who we've been working with um, actually on our second show in Human Beings, which will come out later this year in 2024, which is a queer ghost hunting show. It's also about cryptids and fairies and aliens, all the things. And yeah, Beverly helped us out on location at one of the spots that we went to in season one. And she's just an amazing person. We just love working with her. And this interview, like I said in the last episode that, you know, from last week, this interview is old, meaning it happened in 2023. I think, honestly, I think it happened in February. Yeah, it's, it's like a year old. So I re-listened to it. We did some like newer edits to it and kept all the things in that were relevant. You know, we just never thought that like the hiatus for the show would be this long, but here we are. While we were like plugging away at making new shows for TV, we uh, sort of put all these interviews to the back burner and I'm bringing them back to you. Okay, so let me tell you a little bit more about Beverly. Oh, Beverly, we love you. Beverly has always been sensitive to the needs of others and to seeing truths that others might not see. Claircognizant, as well as clairsentient, clairaudient, she uses her abilities to offer clients around the world a myriad of psychic services and is here to help whatever the modality. Beverly spent her work career in politics and business, but has always utilized her gifts, her psychic gifts, when she felt it would help others. She is a Templar degree consciousness facilitator as well as a Blue Star Celestial Healing Master and has attained her Bachelor's of Science in Parapsychic Science, which is really fucking rad. Beverly is also a certified member of the World Metaphysical Association, the World Divination Society, and she's an ordained minister. Beverly is also the co-owner of Mama Ruby Productions, which is a production company that hosts metaphysical and paranormal events. I will always have all those notes for you in the outro so you can go and look up Beverly and all the cool shit she's doing. Beverly's the psychic. I'm the witch. We get together. We have a chat. What do we talk about in this chat? Well, we talked about Bigfoot some and some misconceptions that folks have about Bigfoot. In fact, Beverly connects with Bigfoot in a psychical way. It's really interesting to hear what she has to say about Bigfoot and even like the name that Bigfoot would perhaps prefer to be called or not even a name, just like what they call themselves, maybe. We also talk about what our collective purpose is as a human species, which is wild. I will say when we're talking about purpose, there's a trigger warning there. We do talk about suicide and Beverly has some views on purpose that may be controversial or sensitive for some. So just listen with care uh, when we begin talking about that topic. We talk about demons and time and how time is such a mindfuck. We also talk about ghosts and she also does a reading for me, which is pretty interesting. 
There's other stuff in there too. I can't remember it all, but that's some of the highlights that really stuck out to me. And in the outro, I will let you know if those things that Beverly told me came true. Okay. You are amazing. You are so cute. You got a cute, cute butt. You got a cute, cute butt. Yeah, you got a cute butt. Yeah, you got a cute butt. All right. Check out Beverly McChesney. So I'm actually, I'm about to hang out with, or I'm going to talk with Mike Fulkerson, who you know, right? I do. I've never, maybe I've met him at a gallery. I don't know, but he and I talk often and he's a big fan and, and he's tried to get some things going down in Owensboro. Yeah. There. We did a big expo there a few years ago and he became a fan then. Well, I actually want to ask you, since you brought that up about Owensboro, we don't have to get into this now too much, but just like a temp check. We are doing sort of a rushed, not a rush, but it was kind of like out of nowhere, this week-long shoot. And it's for a web series. And basically, there's a core crew that goes in and investigates generally in human beings. And then you know, it's sort of divided into three parts. So we do some historical research. Then we go find a local guide um, who's familiar with that location and or entity. And then we do an actual like overnight, overnight investigation for this because it's a web series. We'll probably just be there till like, you know, midnight or something. And we are thinking about having one of the locations be Owensboro only because synchronistically Bigfoot Mountain is something I've never heard of in that area, but he may neither. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm not from here, so I don't know. But anyway, he said there there's something, out, some mountain out there and he hooked me up with this guy who's familiar with it. I'm speaking with him today. We do have auxiliary players for each episode and we, you're already on my list of someone to ask for other episodes, okay. but you know, I'm not sure if you're interested in, if that one pans out, you know, coming down to, or over to Owensboro. Right. I'm game for anything. I'm always curious and it's interesting. I had a really big download of information about Bigfoot and they call themselves as if we understood their language, Montugu. Montugu. Um, so I had a lot of information come in about Montugu. When um, did that happen? Been probably three months ago, four months ago. How did the information come? I mean, were you just sort of like sitting on the couch or were you already in a meditative <laughs> stage or something? I have my Vessels of Spirit page and people, I can, I let them ask non-personal questions a whole lot. And we get a lot of questions about Bigfoot. And that particular day, all the questions were about cryptids. And when I got done with that series of answering and was just cleaning up my computer, it's like all this information started pouring in about Montugu. So I guess it was, uh, you know, I guess the questions and the thread started it. And when I got done, it just kept coming. So wow. they told me where there was one in particular. It's at a wildlife refuge down in southeastern Kentucky. It hangs out there around there. But they told me why they come here, how they come here, what they eat how they can be near us and we don't see them. I mean, it was fascinating. Do you care to share some of that now? I'm I'm fascinated. What, no, what? I'll, I'll talk about it. 
yeah, what do they eat and why are they here and and what sort of category? All of it. Give it to me. (laughs) Well, they do come here through portals. And if you could see what it looks like on the other side when that portal opens, they tell me you would see a very barren, rocky landscape, very much orangey color, golden orangey, but very barren. A lot of times when people are around an area looking for Montugu, they'll see flashes of red or orange or yellow or white light off in the distance. And that's a portal opening or closing, just a little glimmer of that portal showing off out there. They come here kind of like vacation. It's sort (laughs) of like... It's sort of like this is a special place for them because of all the green, because of all the foliage and the mild temperatures and the those kinds of things. They come into the areas, of course, that are wooded where people aren't around. Some are just vegan. Some eat meat. Some prefer meat. So just like humans, they have different tastes that way. They primarily come here almost like a, a reward for doing something or being high up the social chain. And so it's kind of like the place they come to rest. They have told me that when you see a structure, like some of the tree structures you see, that those are actually warnings that a child has been, a, a, a baby Montugo has been born there and no one is welcome around. Mm. They often, they don't have babies very often. I don't know why they didn't say that, but it's a, it's a big event. And so the mother comes here to give birth. It's considered safer, more pleasant. So they come here when a birth is imminent. And they will be violent if you violate their space. Otherwise, they just sort of want to stay out of the way and enjoy their space. Oh, they said often you'll smell them or you'll sense them or you'll feel like you're being watched. All they do is raise their vibration and then we can't see them. But they're still right there. You still smell them. You still sense them. You might still see their shadows on a wall. You might see a, um, you know, like a heat wave off a road, but they just raise their vibration and we can't see them when they do that. And they'll be right there with us. But generally, they don't want to be messed with. They just want to leave us alone and they want us to leave them alone. So I think that's about all they told me. But that's a lot. (laughs) That is a lot. And do you feel like or did they mention anything about? how they communicate. Is it telepathically? Do they have their own language? They have their own language. That's why they told me that if we could understand their language, we would call them Montugu. Got it. But I do think that a lot of their communication is nonverbal. Got it. So they're not really interested in us at all. They find us humorous and entertaining. (laughs) That's one word. They, (laughs) They find us just kind of amusing and they can sense our intent around them. So generally, I think they're pretty laid back unless we get aggressive. One of the reasons I asked that too is because the nature of this web series that we're working on right now, I guess the goal is to communicate with when we can and as respectfully as possible within human beings and sort of just see like, is there anything that they would like to share with us or vice versa? And it's not about being scared and it's not about... it's cheap scares. It's really about like connecting. And so for this first part, we're wanting to work with potentially Bigfoot because we're following just what synchronistically keeps coming up. So same for me, Bigfoot just keeps coming up lately. And, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful if you were under the impression they're like, get the fuck out of here. Like, don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, they find us entertaining. They, they will 
keep away from us if we leave them alone. They don't want any conflict. They don't want to be seen. They don't understand our language, but mm. they understand our vibrations, vibrations and our body language. So they, you know, everybody understands body language and and they pick up the intent of what's going on. So we are kind of a special place for them. So and I don't think there are a whole lot of them. They're, I don't think it's a society that has millions, you know. Got it. Yeah. So you think it would be as long as we went in very respectfully vibration wise and also, like you said, body language wise, it, would it uh -huh. be okay to maybe make contact or is there, would it be better to be with a psychic to where you could maybe do some of the telepathic under, like communication or? Well, you know, I d I've never tried it in person. You know, I've never tried it where I thought there was an actual physical Montugu. So I don't know how that would play. I think as long as you came respectfully, I think as long as the body language was respectful, maybe you bring gifts, you know, maybe you bring fresh fruit or something like that. Whether they would communicate with a psychic or not, I don't know. The council that gave me this information, not actual Montugu that I was talking to. Got it. And the council, is that like a galactic council or what What category of <laughs> being do they sort of identify as? I would call them next to source or what some people would call God. I would call them the controllers, the knowers, the information keepers. They're the same group that Esther Hicks talks to. They're the same group that a lot of other people channel but there's several groups of them. So you might not be speaking to the exact same council members. It all depends on the subject, what they want to know. Yeah. But they're generally very forthcoming with information, but they sometimes will say that's not your business or no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're barking up the wrong tree. Well, let's just backtrack a little bit. How did you cultivate a relationship with this council? <laughs> like, you know, when or the controllers or the watchers or, you know, whoever these people Ever. are. Yeah, exactly. Where how did you get in touch with them specifically? In a meditation. I had been doing readings for quite some time. And when I do a personal reading, I speak to a person's personal entities, what people would call their angels, guides, guardians, family members, that kind of thing. They don't call themselves angels, but Anyway, that's how people can identify with that being. And so that's who I always talk to when doing personal readings. And I started opening this Facebook page to non-personal readings about information. And, and those entities are like, well, we can't answer those questions. They're not for our person. Mm -hmm. So I started meditating and they showed me where to go. It's a place I've gone in meditation for years. I just never went beyond a certain point. I would call it a white room. I would call it a, a room of light. And it's someplace I'd gone in meditations for years, just as a peaceful place, a place to rest my brain. But I guess they finally had me come in a little closer. So when I connect with them, I physically leave the top of my body, go out into the universe or mentally, physically. I don't know how I do it, but I go out the top of my head into the universe and they'll show me which direction to go in, and I will go through into this light room, turn around backwards, and connect to them. There's always about 12 or 18 of them behind me. Can't look at them directly. It's it's uh, You can for a second, but not for very long. It, it's funny that you bring this up because I was just listening to Timothy Renner. He has a podcast called Strange Familiars, and mm -hmm. he's, he's one of my good friends. And he 
did this Patreon episode about angels and how, you know, it's semantics, whether you call them angels or not, but really like these beings who are closer to source that are light beings are just really difficult for a human to even witness. And so it would actually be detrimental to us to even see them as kind of what was being explained in in that episode. And I thought that was so interesting that like, it would be like almost too much of a high vibration or too too much of, you know, that light energy at one time for us. Years ago, when I was a party animal back in the day, (laughs) I uh, lived about 30 minutes out in the country and I was driving home one night after, or maybe one weekend after partying hardy and probably was still a little inebriated. and, And I was out on this country road and all of a sudden I felt nauseous. And so I pulled over and as I pulled over, it's like the whole place lightened up a little. And I thought, well, boy, I have had a little too much to drink. And I got out of the car and was kind of sitting on the edge of the, you know, sitting on the edge of the car seat, kind of felt sick and and knelt my head over. And at that point, I felt pressure on the back of my head and it was holding me down. I couldn't lift my head and everything around me became this enormous bright light that I almost couldn't even look at with my head bowed. And I heard a voice that said, we are tired of taking care of you. You have to stop this. You have to stop. You have a job. And we're tired of taking care of you. And this whole time, I'm being held down by a pressure, and I'm seeing this enormous bright light all around me. And it's actually hurting my head and my eyes to to see it. All of a sudden, the pressure lift and the light was gone. Now, I know that was my own angels or whatever you want to call them saying to me, it's time. It's time to move forward. You're not listening to us any other way. So we're just going to get physical. And yeah. they warned me and, and I I took it to heart. I mean, it was an experience that I can't explain how I felt inside or inside my head. I felt enormous love for me. I felt enormous warmth within that light. But I knew I'd better straighten up my act. (laughs) So that was my first physical encounter with an angelic or universal being, whatever you want to call them. Now, had you had psychic experiences and and all that growing up your whole life? Where did the where did it? start where you thought, okay, my my being works a little differently than maybe the average being or human being, I should say. Right. When I was very young, my parents tell me that when I was about two, that a dog I had got run over and my dad had to go out and kill it because it was too manged. I mean, too damaged. He came back in the house and my mother tells me I looked at him and says, it's okay, daddy. She's gone to heaven. And they didn't even know that I knew what they had done. They didn't even know that I knew she had been hit by a car. And I said, it's okay. Once you're in heaven, everything's calm. And she's fine. She's telling me she's fine. So they tell me that story now, or they did tell me as I grew up. They're, you know, they don't tell me now. But anyway, they um, told me that story. So I had it as a child. I just didn't know it. I always felt like I was someone who could just see the larger picture in things. Like if I saw two people interacting, it's almost like I could see to take both sides and understand where both were coming from and kind of see the bigger picture. And I did that in business. I did it in school. 
school, and I just thought I had an ability to understand situations better. I didn't realize until I was retired and, well, I realized a little bit before then, but not, I didn't take any action on it. Once I was retired and I had nothing playing with my head and I could meditate a lot and do my work, it just opened up and I realized, you know, what was going on. And I always knew. And I had several readers tell me, you have got to be reading. You've got to be doing this. And I'm like, well, I don't know how. I don't know how to turn it on. I don't know how to turn it off. Mm-hmm. And one in particular who I really trusted kept saying, it's within your hand. It's in your hands. I thought, okay, I'll try palmistry. And of course, that was a bust. It wasn't me at all. And I realized later that my entire life I had doodled all the way through school, all the way through work. I doodled. And what I was doing, that doodling was me reading. And I doodle now when I do uh, personal readings. I'm always doodling on paper. My theory is that that frees up my left brain so my right brain can get the information. So when you started meditating more often after you retired, and did, did you feel that it sort of like came like a cascade once you unlocked that, that little key, key? Or did you have to really kind of work on it and practice and... You know, did it take time to get more efficient and accurate with your readings? One, uh, we had a little vendor booth called Om Sweet Om. And Om Sweet Om would do different shows. And it was doing this one show that was personal and small and, and intimate and fun. And I woke up one day and told my husband, Jim, I said, you know, I'm going to try reading today. And he said, what? And I said, I'm going to try to do some readings today. And he said, you've never done readings. I said, well, I'm going to try today. And it's either going to work or it's not. I'll carry you away. That's a risk. (laughs) And I did reading. I mean, I sat down and it worked. So I feel like I was prompted subconsciously. I just didn't know it uh, consciously. But that morning, I just decided I'm going to sit down and try. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I didn't care. It's interesting to hear that you, it came at a later stage in your life. And it just seemed like that was the the right time. Did you have any other readings like impromptu prior to, to retiring? No. Nothing. Not wow. one. I don't know how to explain it. I just decided to do it. And I did. Everyone does have abilities. And I do think that a lot of people, as they get older, start looking around and seeing things they've been doing or learning that no longer serve them. And so they start exploring. They start looking for other ways of living, other ways of seeing things. And then I think when people don't have as much responsibility, like their kids grew up or their bad marriage ended or whatever it was that freed them up, it's kind of like that's when it starts coming in, when the mind is freed up somewhat from all the hassles of life in general. But everybody has something. It's we are, we are way bigger than what we think we are. We're way more talented than what we think we are. We are a piece of God and we have God-like abilities. That brings up a a really interesting question, which kind of back to the council. Now that you've gone through this journey and you have this seemingly strong bond with your own spirit animals, or I'm sorry, spirit guides and animals, maybe, I don't know. Yes, animals too. And your counsel, you know, what do you think humans are meant to do as fragments of God? Create, be joyful, find things that elevate us energetically and vibrationally. 
I think we do choose lives that we come into. I think we do choose purposes when we come into those lives. People ask me all the time in readings, what's my special purpose? Why am I here? And I'm like, well, I don't know. You're the one who chose this life, not, not anybody else. <laughs> Uh-huh. They won't, um, <laughs> they never ever tell anyone their purpose because they want people to live their lives and not focus on why they're on this earth. And so many people's egos would not understand their purpose. They would feel less than, and then other egos would feel more than. I mean, if your purpose here is to discover the pharmaceutical that solves cancer, that's a pretty big purpose. If your purpose here is to stop somebody from crossing the road in front of a car because that somebody would have been hit by the car if you didn't, and they were the person that was going to find the cure for cancer, your purpose here to protect them is no smaller than their purpose. Right. But egos would see that as not a very big purpose. Whole life just to stop somebody from crossing the street. I have had people whose purpose was to commit suicide. Wow. In order to teach other people things. Or in order to keep others from doing that. So that's why they won't tell us why we're here. Yeah. And I I think that this is something that my wife and I talk about a lot is, you know, why do we have to freaking forget in between lifetimes? And, you know, we always come back to this is that it this is like a school almost, you know, and you wanted to learn something. And if you knew that one thing before you came or all the things before you came, you know, you you wouldn't be able to really learn it the way you wanted to. You would kind of mess up the whole trajectory of the thing. So, and, and some of us come into a lifetime just to have fun. It's it's well, less boring than in between. In between is amazing. It's perfect, and we're perfect, and the energy is perfect, and and we keep busy. But sometimes it's just fun to come in and have a little drama. Mm-hmm. So you, nobody has to come back. We yeah. choose to. Yeah, that's something I spent. That's something I've struggled with in the past. My earlier like twenties and you know late teens, I was really into Hinduism and Indian philosophy, and so I I also went to India by myself and went on a you pray love <laughs> journey, just the pray part, and I learned so much. But one thing that I remember at many of the ashrams was this this concept that we are punished, like we're here on earth because it's a punishment, because, you know, like we have to work through all of these karmas before we get the ultimate goal, which is like nothingness. We no longer embody a house is some way they say, sometimes the way they say it. And I that never fit for me. Like it just did not, not make sense. Us. We punish ourselves. No one else. There is no hell. There is no judgment by the universe. We do that to ourselves. So no, there is no punishment. Yeah. It's it's interesting when people die, people believe that when they die, they see this life review and you don't. What you do is you have to experience every emotion you've ever made another human being feel. You have to feel their emotions that you caused within them. You have to experience what mm-hmm. you caused them to feel. That is hell. No, that's powerful. And they're talking about the way you dissed a waitress and didn't tip her, and that's the she really needed help. I mean, we're talking about every emotion you ever make any other human feel. That is our review Mm. when we pass to the other side. And based on that review, maybe you come fix things. 
Yeah, this brings up a bunch of questions. Ah, I have to pick one, but I want to go back to what you said about somebody might choose a lifetime where they commit suicide or they get cancer or they become Mussolini or like, you know, like they pick a very what many would consider like an evil life. And I know that's such a difficult concept because, oh, gosh, it's really difficult because we're on this planet and I'm I'm a huge activist for social justice. And so there are things that we have to, you know, that I do believe we need to protect each other as much as we can and 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 be more loving and in body, not just in that in-between state. But then at the same time, it's kind of paradoxical because it could be that people like Hitler or, or you know, the most evil people that you can think of in your life or other, you know, in our history chose that for a contrast moment to allow yeah. there to be contrast, you know, so that we could grow more quickly or evolve more quickly or i don't know if i'll say like quickly but we're pretty fucking slow at evolving (laughs) (laughs) but there's one kicker in all that yes yes we choose the life we come into we choose the purpose we choose what our intent is but we have free will right and once we're in human form if we disconnect from source messages from who we truly are that free will can take you completely off your path. Now, sometimes the beings that oversee us will nudge us to get back on that path, but they can't push us. They give us opportunities to make choices. They give us nudges. They give us, but, you know, whether Hitler came in to be Hitler or Hitler came in to be a jerk that turned into a mega whatever based on his own free will and experiences, we don't know. Yeah, that that does make me feel better because I kind of get I get snagged on this occasionally because I'm like, oh, yeah, it I'm more likely to believe that somebody might come in to commit suicide or to um, to like be abusive to a, a child or someone or something, something like that. than I am with the Hitler or like someone who is who killed millions and millions of people that to me feels like like free will gone wrong but also the other ones could be free will gone wrong as well like so that's actually yes yeah right because all suicides are not intended some people make that choice you know every suicide is not in that person's life plan something with free will or some experience changed it um so all of those are not planned it's a conundrum for sure. I mean, it's, it's free will is important in order to allow us to, if, if we just came here with our life pre-planned and everything was going to happen exactly as we planned it before we came in, that's pretty boring. Right. It takes away from being creators. It takes away from the experiences and it takes away from being creators. Exactly. That's the best way I've heard that said. It takes us away from who we are. I do think like Brian Weiss's work is so pivotal for me. Like it was such an important moment of education for me to read Many Lives, Many Masters and and really Most learn. Powerful, powerful book. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was just like, holy shit. How many times did this person do this? It was in a controlled setting and every single time humans in between lifetimes go to this in-between space that's all for lack of a better term butterflies and rainbows like it's it feels love that's 
the whole enchilada. And I think that really helped me. And I forget sometimes because I get really dense on this planet, but it helped me understand how not everything is as it seems here. Exactly. That book, when people ask me if there are any books that changed my life, that's one of them. Because I thought I believed in reincarnation, but I wasn't sure. But when I read that book and I saw what he gave up to bring this information to people, I mean, his at the top of his game monetarily and and in his work and basically was ridiculed for a lot of what he did. And he 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 changed my life. He changed the way I think. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I I would recommend that to everyone. Any, I mean, and I do, any chance that I get, if they're on the fence about reincarnation or if they're like, well, wait, how could this or that? It, it's the most compelling evidence because they're under, yeah, it's scientific. It's done through the scientific method. And it's also, you know, you can front load in hypnosis and I'm I'm totally on board with that. I know that you can, you can be front loaded. But the way that he handled each one of these sessions, perhaps some of them were front loaded, but there's no way that all of them were front loaded. He didn't, the book didn't exist yet. You know, his his body of work wasn't out in the world yet, that they were the body of work. And exactly. I, yeah, I think that's that's so compelling. So back to there is no hell. You said there is no hell. Now that we've gotten into this, like, what happens when we die? And what do we do in between? A lot of what I've been learning lately is, is, for whatever reason, focused on demons and demonology. And I am, I have been convinced that there are, I don't like the word demon, but I guess we'll use the word demon. There are demons, there are entities that have more of a malevolent vibe. Are they then not from hell? And from your perspective, if they're not, then where are they from? Look at it this way. If you were a really, really ugly human and you didn't transition, you're going to be a really, really ugly ghost. Mm. And those are called demons. And they, their energy is so negative, so hating, so outside of who they are. I believe that they're humans, but humans at their utmost evil. Like they went... They went bad. They they're they're rotten. <laughs> it's like they were bad humans. You know, maybe they were maybe they were mass murderers, mm-hmm. and they hated people, and they hated anybody with blue eyes and whatever. You know, mm-hmm. when they died, if they didn't transition, they're still the same people. They're still the same thought. They're still the same ideas, and that doesn't change. So they're just in a position of presenting themselves however they want to present themselves but it's still them. Yeah. And I I've been told that there are very few entities that anyone would identify as an actual demon instead of demons I like to call them demonic energies. Mm. Um because they're they're humans. They're just really really ugly humans. And what about like, you know, the is it Montugu? Is that how we say it? Montugu. Mm-hmm. So Montugu is an interdimensional being, you know, what about an an energy that comes through that's demonic from another place? Like do you and do you think that's possible based on the counselor or I'm sorry, the the council? The council. I've not 
I've not interacted with any. I've not had a lot of conversation on it. It's possible because there's all kinds of things coming through portals and time travels and future and present. The future and present past are all happening at the same time. So something from the future could slide right into our time zone, our space, whether they intended to or not. And based on who they are in that life, who they become, you know, maybe they're half human, half robot and, and built to to destroy other people and they come through this time slot. You know, there's so absolutely it could be something from another dimension. It could be another species or it could be human, just a different human. Ooh, that is a so different time and space. Yeah. Like a, a human that, and it, oh, that's so interesting because right. I'm reading this book by a very seasoned paranormal investigator, Paul Eno, who worked with Ed and Lorraine Warren and, was at the Bridgeport case and, you know, he was actually in seminary. So he was trained to be, well, he trained with an exorcist and he has the concept that actually, oh my gosh, I got to get this right. Demons or the idea of demons are really parasitic versions of not always, but almost all the time. Of, of other versions of ourselves or other humans or other entities from different dimensions. And really all it is is just energy that acts as a parasite, meaning that it's feeding off of negative energy. And that's, that's what coronavirus is, by the way. Is a demon? It's a, and it is its own, it is an entity. It's not, wasn't grown in a Petri dish. It came here. It was brought here. Because it feeds on hate and anger and fear, and that's why it hasn't lived. If we would all get together and love that virus, it would leave this world so fast because it wouldn't have anything to feed on. Right. Which is So it is an entity. Now, that's interesting because that's something that he says to Paul is he says that, you know, he's modified the way that he thinks about exorcisms as he's learned more about these entities. And really what he does now is like, he calls it, I think, Peter Pan, Peter Pan syndrome or Peter Pan, something like that. And he basically is just like, love, 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 love. It's less about reading these specific rites from the Bible and having, you know, a proper priest there and everything. And it's more about like getting groups of people who are in a high vibration and just like pummeling the space with love and good energy and, 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 and all of that. And I'm sure he does. He has like methods that he uses, but that's wildly different than what we've been taught an exorcism is. You know, it's fascinating. It's changing a vibration with an intent is what it is. Uh, And if the intent of everyone is to love this thing that thrives on fear and hate and anger, it, it, it will leave. It just doesn't want to be around. Speaking of parasites, we're acting a lot like parasites. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are. We're killing our host. I mean, so yeah, we're like crabs. Yeah, for lack and, of a better word, we're like a STD of some sort. <laughs> I love that. There's all these low vibrational energies, and and many people have said that too, including Paul. You know that there are these energies that are wanting to feed on fear. They're wanting to feed on negativity and hatred. Going back to our like free will mo- conversation. Why do you think those entities exist? Do you think that those are entities that are intrinsically like that, just like we're kind of intrinsically flawed as human beings and we make mistakes? 
or that's something that was learned over a period of time or you're like, I don't fucking know, Finn. What the hell? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know on that one. I do know that every, okay, we were all waiting for the spaceships to land and the, and the three-headed aliens to step out. Those things were created by source just like what humans are. All souls. I mean, sometimes we choose a life on another planet. We don't necessarily always come back into a human body. Some of those with their own free will could create all this negative stuff that it's just like a human that likes to eat the hearts of women. You know, it's something on another planet or another space or another time or dimension or whatever is using its own free will to do ugly things. But all beings created in the universe were created of source energy. They're all a soul will inhabit them. So kind of like a like an interdimensional Jeffrey Dahmer or something like like a exactly got it exactly. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it, that there's, it's kind of back to what you said before, that there's like shitty humans and there's nice humans and everything in between. And so why wouldn't we we apply that to literally every interdimensional species we know about and don't want? Yeah, exactly. That's really interesting. So gosh, okay. We're, we, and how are you doing on time? Are you well, okay? I'm, I'm sitting in my home and my desk. I've got all the time in the world. Okay, great. All right. So I want to go back to the these interdimensional beings, I guess, starting with back to Montugu. So do you categorize them as like Montugu specifically as an alien, as a cryptid at that point? Just another life form. Just another life form. The the worst thing humans do is give everything a label. (laughs) We're so Um, bad at that. We're so bad. So I wouldn't label them anything. I'd just say they're another life form. You know, they're just living their own lives in their own time and in their own way. Do you feel like what we categorize falsely or not as other cryptids, do you feel like do you feel like they're in any way related to Montugu? I think a lot of what we call cryptids are actually elementals. They're not they're just another they're just another life form on Earth that I would consider elemental. And then some of them are just other animal species that just happen to survive or become. Or some of them come from other places through portals, just like that portals get used a lot. Portals get used a lot more than, and and if not portals, then also those, those spaces and time tend to fall into each other sometimes, merge into each other sometimes. Because it's all happening at the same time, just at right. different vibrations. So right. if vibration changes for a second, it could slip into another dimension. Yeah. And I think people have such a hard time with time slips and things like that. And I have, I mean, time is such a mind fuck. I get it. But <laughs> I think people think, oh, well, that's really far-fetched that you think there's like a portal to another dimension. And it's like, but why is that far-fetched? Because how to wrap your head around how time works. And have you ever had deja vu? Have you ever, you know, just recently I was driving, it was like a few months ago here in Louisville. And there's this, I work at this cheese shop bar part-time and I was, you know, I take the same path every time I go because I'm geographically challenged. So I have to like go the same way, (laughs) no matter what the traffic. So I'm going and there's this bar on the left that has this plastic sign, two plastic signs. And it's, you know, whatever the name is, I can't think of it right now, but that there every single time. But one time 
I drove past and there was the same. Everything was the same. And I was in my body. I wasn't dreaming, no sleep paralysis. And there was a different sign. It was a different sign. Just for a moment. Just for a moment. And it, I, I thought because it was so, because I was like, oh, in my body and driving, I was like, oh, that's weird. Maybe they have some people who, who switch out the signs and like they have somebody come in and that, it was a person's name. And it was like an F name, like Flossies or Fories or something like that. And I thought, well, maybe they, that's like a thing they do here because I'm new to Louisville. So I was like, oh, maybe that's a thing. Never have I seen the sign again. I can't explain that. And that that kind of stuff happens all the time. And I think we kind of brush it under the rug, but who knows what that was? It could have been like a, a glitch. Yeah, it, real quick. And and I just happened to be there the moment that it happened. And I imagine... And, or you could have been at a different vibration in that moment. Oh, that's really it different. Yeah. Than More than usually, likely glitch, but it could just as easily be, you know, when we drive, we get into that zone where we don't... Yeah think about what we're doing. And you could have been in that frame of mind that just saw another moment in time for a second. Yeah. Mind boggling. And I think the the liminal space concept too, that, that there are these places where the veil is thin or, you know, however you want to say it. I've experienced that as well. And what does the council have to say about these liminal spaces and these portals and, and things like that? Are we supposed to investigate them further or just leave them alone or... They're just part of what he is. They're just different vibrations sliding into other vibrations or being opened into other vibrations. It's all energy. It's all vibration. Every every single bit of it. It's like the past is vibrating it in one scale and the future is in another one. And we're here in the middle and the present. And then over here, we've got this other universe and over here. And they're just all different vibrations, but all in one space. It's just my brain has a terrible time trying to wrap around. <laughs> my my fa- my brain is feeling dehydrated. Time and space. Very hard. <laughs> well, time so, doesn't even exist. Right. So exactly. that really looks right. Which is so weird. Okay. So one of my biggest obstacles that that I'm working on is that I often feel like I don't have enough time. I'm too busy. And I know I'm not alone here especially in the Western world. This is a like epi- epidemic. People don't have enough time. Everybody's stressed. Cortisol levels are like through the roof. But time doesn't exist. It doesn't exactly. actually exist. And so we're just living in this paradigm that humans created to keep everything sort of like assembled in a nice little neat package. My question for you is, do you think because of things like COVID and things changing, that nice little package is kind of bursting at the seams a little bit and we're starting to see more of the reality of what it means to be a being on this planet? Well, I think there's there's a whole bunch. This is So one thing the universe did when COVID came along and scientists started looking for vaccination, they sent the scientists the method that they used to create the vaccine. That method had never been used before, and it is going to open this world up to so much healing, so many cures. That's not your question, but that's a little side piece of it, an important one that I wanted to get out to people. That that there's a lot, there was a lot of things coming together in all this. There's so many pieces in my mind right now, and it's almost like they're trying to tell me something. I was going to say, yeah, it's almost like they're trying to get words in my mouth, and I'm hearing it in my head, so I lose my logical thinking. Yeah, let it go. So, just say what's yeah. ever coming. I don't even care. Yeah, just So they're go. talking about when a person says, I have no time. Those words manifest having no time. 
Every time a person thinks I'm too busy, I'm too overworked, I'm too stressed, they create that thing because every word, every thought, every spell, every prayer, everything is an intent and intents manifest. So words and thoughts are manifest. So as people are saying, I don't have time for this, I don't have time for that, they are creating exactly what they do not want. If instead a person said, well, I'm really busy, but I'm glad to know I'm going to get all this done, it would they would switch everything. Some of that, they're wanting to talk about manifestation. And I'm like, okay, we'll get there. We'll get there later. <laughs> because they're all into right now, thoughts, intent, words, prayers, spells. They're like, we just want to be sure today that this gets out there that everything a person thinks, they create themselves, they manifest. And if they want the opposite, they just need to change their thinking. So instead of you thinking how busy you are, think about, well, it's a busy day, but I'm going to get through this great. Mm-hmm. It will switch the whole dynamics. And that's yeah. something for me to really be sure people understand. I know that's not quite your question, but it's something they really wanted to get through today. Apparently, yeah. a lot of people need to hear it. Yeah, myself included. I, it's and I've studied. Yeah, it may it. have been for you. <laughs> yeah, it could, it's probably for me. I think it. I think it's good for everyone to hear that. And I, I know I, I'm glad that this came through because it, it reminded me of something that I also want the listeners to know that when you get into law of attraction stuff, I think a lot of people, yes, sadly, get like lumped into the secret. And I have some real issues with the secret. I don't think it's got the full enchilada of what it means to be a, a manifester, to to be uh, deliberately creating your reality, so to quote unquote. And I think it kind of puts it in a weird light where it's like, you can have a Buick, just visualize a Buick, which I do think you can have a Buick if that's what you want. But it's sort of missing the whole point of manifesting, which is what you're saying is that you're sort of everything that comes out of your mouth is a spell. You're That's why we call it you know, it, that's this. That's why it's called spells because we're we're all day long. We're casting spells. You're intending, right? And I think one thing that I'd love the listeners to know. So thank you for listening, listeners. Is that there is like a whole butt ton, like huge body of work that's very old. Joseph Murphy. There's a ton of people, and this that's about law of attraction and it's about manifesting in a way that's not this like tacky, the secret bullshit that I feel has been brushed under the rug on purpose. Because if we remember that we can do that, this whole capitalist paradigm doesn't really work for the powers that be in this space-time continuum. You're exactly right. The secret left out the secret. Yeah. (laughs) So, which is, do you want to know the secret? Yes. Let's say it. Gratitude. Gratitude is the secret. They have told me time and again that if you require something, they don't like the word need because you create need every time you use the word. If you require something in your life, the way to ask for it would be, thank you, that's the first word, for my new job that's going to be totally satisfying. So here's the way it works. The entities on the other side don't speak English. They don't hear words. They hear vibration. They hear tone. Gratitude, the word thank you, in whatever language you choose to say it in, is something they hone in on immediately because the vibration, the energetic vibration of gratitude is so powerful. 
It's the second most important thing in their language. Then when you say what it is that you want in a way as though you already have it, that evokes an emotion in your energetic patterns that they pick up on immediately. They don't pick up on all the words. They've never been here. They don't know what a house or money is. You could ask your angelic beings for more money and find a quarter on the sidewalk, and they're very pleased with themselves because they got more money to you. So the way to do it is to feel gratitude by saying thank you at the beginning of whatever it is you're requiring, and then to say it in such a way as though you already have it so that your energetic pattern is easier for them to pick up. Words, they hear words all the time, blah, 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 blah. But it's those emotions and those vibrations that they hone in on. And you have to keep in mind that you've already said those words in another time and place. So what it is you've asked for is already created. You just have to make space for it. Did you say that gratitude is the second most important thing? What's the first? Love. It's what we are. That's what okay. we were created to be. For. And, that, and love is not the word that they, you know, that's our word. But yeah, but we understand what that means. It embraces all the, it, it's again, vibration. Love is the highest vibration. Gratitude is the second highest vibration. We've just given them those names because they feel good. So we give them a name. Right. I'm taking a lot of what you're saying for myself as well because mm -hmm. I think I've forgotten lately I'm I'm in the middle of pre-production and that's like as a producer that's the moment where I think you forget you can easily forget this because you're like I have to make this happen and this person over here and this and this and you're coordinating the entire thing and it can be so overwhelming and so it's nice to talk with you about this and and remember well, you're you're also the type of person that wants everything to be right you want everything to be good Mm -hmm. And so you really do stretch yourself sometimes making that happen. So maybe sometimes sit back and just say, thank you that this project is working perfectly. Divine timing, divine plan. Thank you that this is working perfectly. It at least makes you feel better. <laughs> yeah, ex at the very least. Exactly. And, and that's absolutely what will take you out of what you know. I mean, I know all this and I still forget to, when I'm taking a new medication, test myself with kinesiology. You know, I know all these tricks and I forget to use them. Yeah, me so too. We need to remind each other all yeah. those good tools that we have. Absolutely. And I really appreciate that reminder because it, it does get a little nutty. And, you know, I, I've been told a lot in my lifetime that it's not your brain, it's not your smarts and your ability to coordinate and organize. It's your heart. So if you can and turn this off a little bit and focus more here, things will unfold much easier for you. And I think that's probably true for everyone. You could walk up to someone to give them an apology and you could give it from your mind and they would hear it and shrug. If you give it to them through your heart, through your heart chakra, through that energetic portal, they will melt and understand completely that you truly are sorry. It's 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 the intent. The intent is everything. And intent yeah. through the heart is incredibly powerful intent. Uh, there's a group called HeartMath. Yeah. Who uh, HeartMath is, they're awesome. Uh, because they're right. Anything done in a more loving, heartfelt manner is going to work a lot faster and better, even if it's anger, yeah. even anger. You know, say your words from here instead of from here, and mm -hmm. they're a lot more powerful. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me, uh, I do these really long meditation courses, and they're, they're silent Buddhist meditation courses. And the <laughs> the one teacher Goenka, rest in peace, he always tells the story of like one of his students that wasn't listening. And so he would he would yell at him 
because that was the only way he could get through to him. But the the teacher, and actually I think it was Goenka's teacher. So he was, you know, very liberated human, was was living in the world of magic or however you want to say mm-hmm. it. And he he was like, this is the only way that he'll listen to me. But when he would walk away from yelling at the student, he would like crack up laughing because he was not yelling from a place of actual anger. It was this like it was just a facade of anger to get him to listen. But then he would like have this like belly laugh afterward because he was feeling so much love and joy in his heart at that exact same moment. Exactly. Exactly. It's all intent. It's all how you do it. It's all what vibration you want to sit in when you're doing it. Yeah. And I tend to pick one that's not always fun. <laughs> we all do. I mean, yeah. again, we are just human. I mean, we're not. We're gods, but we're not supposed to remember that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to go. I know, you know, I don't want to keep you all day. I, I wanted to ask you about the council. So what is like maybe the the weirdest interaction or experience or nugget of wisdom that you've learned from them? You know, maybe it was like actually communicating with a fairy or I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. Something well, like the fairies that. are, I mean, elementals are out there. Anybody thinks they're not. And we don't see them all the time because, again, there are different vibrations. They can be invisible all they want to. But I think the Montugu pretty much blew me away. And I think that the COVID virus information, because they're the ones that told me I could talk to it, I just think that everything, everything they say is just blows my mind. For instance, okay, here's an, here's a for instance. Somebody asked in a gallery, was there really a Noah's Ark? Was the Bible? And they said, well, yeah, there was a Noah and there was an ark. And there was a flood and there were animals. But you have to think of the time that Noah existed in. Noah only knew as far as he could see or as far as he had been. He had no way of knowing there was a whole world. He knew his area, his space. To him, that was the world. And that world did flood. His area did flood. And he did have precognition and he did build an ark and he did put his farm animals on it. But it was just this little tiny scale in the, in the scheme of the whole world. So it did happen, not quite as it was said, but when it says the whole world flooded, his whole world flooded. Mm-hmm. So his whole world was what a, I can't think what they called those measurements, hectates or something. His whole world might have been 50 of those, and that's all he knew. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So his whole world and the world of people around him did flood, and he was precognitive. So he did see that and know it. It's just not on the scale that everyone thinks it was on, but it did happen. That's the beauty of them. You can ask anything. Yeah. You have your relationship with them really calibrated as well. You know, like when I first get a tarot deck or a pendulum, I have to kind of calibrate it to my energy and get into the space where I actually believe what's coming through and and all that. And so you must be at a space where you're like, n- no matter what comes through, you know for sure that is truth. I As, as a psychic, as a clear cognizant, whatever I am, as that, I have to have absolute faith in what I hear. Now, unfortunately, whatever angels send me or the counselor, whomever, it has to be filtered through my brain. So sometimes I don't quite understand it all. I have to have tools to help understand it. I have to have absolute faith that what I'm told is fact or I couldn't do what I do. And so as much of anything, I have faith that 
it is what it is. It is. And that's the only way I could do it. If I lost my faith in them or what they said, I couldn't do what I do. So it's a, it's a, it's an agreement of faith mm-hmm. and not religious faith. I don't, there's no religion in me. So let's get that out there. But it's a faith in that they trust me to do my best at sharing what they are sharing with me. And then I have to have faith that what they are sharing with me is in the highest and best good for that person. Right, right. So it's a mutual, but I also have no expectations on them. And I think that's why they chose me to talk to, because I have no expectations on anything I say. I'll put it out there if it's accepted or not. I don't care, you know. So I think that's a big part of it is that they can work with me without me putting expectations on them or them expecting me to. It's just kind of a, an energetic agreement. I have told everyone from the beginning when I first started reading that it is intended to be helpful to people. And the moment that I gather that it's not helpful, I will stop. Mm-hmm. Only way I'm, it's this agreement I have with them. As long as it's helpful, I'll do it. When it's not helpful, I'll stop doing it. So that's kind of the deal we have. Yeah. So I like that. And I just have this deal. I do, you know, sit in silence. I do my little process. I do go out and connect with them. So there is a little process to it. This is funny. I do a lot of work in the shower. The shower is where I do a lot of cleaning up energetically and grounding and getting rid of sore knees and whatever else needs to be done that day. But in every shower, I will go out into the universe, arms up, send myself out there and say, I am Beverly. Thank you. Powerful moment to accept who you are. So that's my shower. (laughs) That's how I end it. And then I say thank you to the water. (laughs) Yeah. That's really powerful. And and for those of my listeners who like think that that's too woo-woo, I don't know why you're here, first of all. <laughs> but second of all, Oprah. Let's just take like a super grounded example. Oprah talks about how she has used gratitude actively to literally curate her life for decades and look at her what life. Yeah. So, I mean, if you it, like it's not it's not. <laughs> It's it's there. It's accessible. You we all have access to it, and it's a it's a beautiful moment to to. And it's also so like accepting of who you are as well. Like you said, how like emotional that is to say thank how you. Yeah. standing in who you are. Yeah, I am Fen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and and really doesn't like, that feel powerful? It does. Yeah, it does. Try it. Try it in a meditative moment in the shower with your hands open and accepting and say it and feel that power come into your body. I was taught years ago in past life regression how to take back my power. That's part of it. Yeah, I will be using that. I mean, thank you. And I think we're always, on another note, beating ourselves up, like our bodies and how we're supposed to look and all this stuff. And so I think even just from that perspective, it's so powerful. You know, this is who I am. Exactly. That's been hard for me, you know, but I'm overweight. I'm 68 years old and I'm overweight, way overweight. And it's like that troubles me. And I spent my whole life worrying about my weight. But I figure there's some reason I'm this way. And what I've noticed is that a lot of psychics are overweight. Does it help them ground? Does it help them absorb? I don't know. Yeah. But I finally had to get to a point where I said, okay, I'm going to stay as healthy as I can, no matter what body I'm in. And I don't. I fail miserably. But anyway, <laughs> we all do. But but I'm this way for a reason. I chose this body for yeah. a reason. Yeah. And I just have to accept that 
for whatever reason, before I was born into it, that I chose this body knowing how this body was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I chose it. And so I have to love it. I must have loved it then or I wouldn't have chosen it. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to ask, since you you seem to be getting some some downloads, are you interested in doing just like a little bit of a of a of a read? We could do that. We could do yeah, that. Just for now, like let me tell minutes. you how my process is. So if we don't do the whole process, I don't know what I'll get. And the whole process is kind of crazy. I have to get your full name. I have to do a little invocation type thing. I have to do a connection. But we can see what I just pick up. What they'll just tell me today without me going through my usual process for reading, since it's not. You'll see me doodling. Yeah. That's what I do. Yeah. Um, no. And, and if there's anything that's like that you need from me, that's shorthand. So like what's I'm, happening in six weeks that really is important? What's six weeks? What's today? It's actually 6.2 weeks. 6.2. What is today the ninth? One, two, three, four, five, 6.2. Something's oh. happening in that six week that's really important that you're going to have to make a decision. Um. Interesting. And they're like, roll with it. Okay. Do you see what it is or it hasn't happened yet? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. 6.2 weeks. There's going to be something. Um, you might feel a little overwhelmed and then you'll feel excited. So, okay. But it'll be like, don't hesitate to make your decision. Okay. Don't overthink it. Just run with it. That's coming. And I felt like it has to do something with, with the project you've been working on. I don't know if something's presented in six weeks or an opportunity's there, but they're like, don't overthink it. Just do it. Just okay. react. So that's coming in 6.2 weeks, more or less. Might be a day or two longer or the other. If you overthink it, you'll block it. So don't overthink it. Just just wait. Just put it out of your mind until it shows up. Okay. Okay. Because we don't want you to block it. And they're like, she does that. She does that. She, she sure overthinks do. things, puts up her own blocks. So they're like, she needs to just forget that you told her this and just let it happen. Okay. So. Instead of trying to figure it out or trying to work it out or so just set it aside and let it happen because they do say you do that. So they're talking about a trip in August that should be important. It might start out as a fun thing, but turn into an important thing or a, an opportunity also feels like another opportunity that's coming in August. I don't know if you already have a trip plan, but there's something then they're saying more water, more water, more water, more clean water. But they're telling everybody that. They're talking about the pain in the in your back right shoulder, mm-hmm. that you've got some pain and stiffness in your back right shoulder and neck. And they're saying to do <laughs> that simple little twist that everybody that you can do at your desk, but to do it as far as you can. They said, start with your head and do it and do like six or eight of those and then do the shoulders and then do the torso and then stand up and do the whole body. They said that will realign whatever that is. It feels like something from a whiplash or a time in the past that you had sort of like a whiplash in that area. And when you become really, really tired, that side cuts off a little bit of oxygen to your brain. And so you'll get a headache on that side. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, do that stretch. It'll help open that up. Do, is that, do you have that discomfort in that right shoulder and neck? I can feel it right now. Yeah, I don't know if I have if I've ever been able to parse it out like right or left, but I know that like neck and shoulders, I do actually have health issues i do have chronic issues okay so okay. it's hard to always like pinpoint where exactly i understand where they're saying that stretching will really help they're also they're talking about a feels like upper tooth right upper tooth something going on if it hadn't already happened just watch for it and catch it before it does something it feels tender so pay attention to that 
lower right back, but who doesn't have a backache, right? <laughs> yeah, lower back is my my area. Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling it. And it's primarily on the right. At least it feels that way. Sometimes when I'm looking at someone opposite, it could be the opposite side, but I'm feeling it on the right. Do you have a gallbladder issue? Not that I know of. Okay. Watch out for that about November. I don't want you to manifest it, so don't think about it. Okay. This feels like, okay, here's what they're saying. They're they're like that more water, more water, more water, but put some lemon in it. Mm-hmm. And that'll flush that gallbladder out. Okay. Feels like something that runs in your family. So you want to keep the you want to keep your body flushed out. It's really important that you get toxins out of your body. Yeah. I don't I know tend- if it's medications or if it's herbs or something you take, they want you to flush it out better. Yeah, it could be medication, but also energetically, I tend to, for lack of a better term, eat people's energy. You know, I, I tend to kind of like, that's part of what I do. Yeah. And then I put it back and it's out there better, but in me, it's still like claggy. Yeah. Yeah. Bring universal light through the top of your head and blast it out your pores and, and out your hands and feet. And that'll help clear some of that out. Relationship-wise, everything feels good. It feels a little tense since you moved, but still good. Relationship-wise, it's like you're still learning a lot about each other, which all couples do. But it feels like you all are really learning a lot about each other and understanding where you can meet in the middle on things. And that's good. So that feels good. Health feels reasonable. I guess you've got things like at a control point. So health feels reasonable. And we won't go into a lot of that publicly. but. It feels really water, water, water. You get cramps, mm-hmm. muscle cramps. They're saying yeah. when you feel a muscle cramp building, to take a teaspoonful of mustard seed with a full glass of water, don't bite it, swallow it whole, or a half a teaspoon, half a teaspoon, one half teaspoon of mustard seed with a full glass of water, and it will help those cramps, muscle cramps. Okay. Because they're, they're showing me muscle cramps popping up here and there, and they're saying that will help that. I've got somebody on the other side that's just sticking their head in here to say hello. It feels like they don't tell me male, female, because we're not either on the other side. But they do show me masculine or feminine energies. And this feels like a more feminine energy. It feels like they're responsible for their own passing, which could be suicide or it could be they overdosed or did something stupid or didn't do something that they should have done. But they're just sticking their head in here to say hi because they can. And to tell you that they do hear your podcast and you've talked about them on it before. (laughs) So I don't know who that is, but they're just sticking their head in to say, hey, I think you know who it is. We just won't go there with all that. So is that resonating with you? I I feel like I talk about them on the podcast. I talk about my golden Maybe you talked about the experience or something and not them specifically. Mm, I don't know. I know that I have women that I work with that are grandmothers, but none of them went out. Well, the one, I don't know how she died, to be honest. So it could be her. I'm not sure. Well, and just because I say feminine energy, you may have known them as a male, but more feminine. Yeah. So where they don't tell me male, female, and just let me feel the energies. Yeah. It makes it a little harder. I mean, sometimes it's clear cut to me, but most times they just let me feel the energies. So just kind of keep that in mind. Whoever they are, they're sticking their head in to say, hey, just like they've been gone. Four or five years, maybe. I don't know if it's 14 or four. 14 or four. I'm not sure which. Let's see what else. Water heater is about to mess up, so pay attention to that. Oh, perfect. Uh, well, when it starts popping, just get it flushed out, and that way it won't die completely. Have you been having lights go on an awful lot? Not that Flickering. I know of. Flickering. Oh, yeah. Actually, the the uh, lamp next to my bed for whatever, and, I, and here's the thing. I have 
three of these lamps in the house. They all have the same bulb, same thing. And the one next to my, right next to my bed, it, it always flickers now. That feels like somebody, a past family member just doing it, just kind of passing through. I feel like they pass through often and that's kind of how they let you know. And I, you're probably thinking about them when it happens. It's probably, start realizing when it flickers what you're thinking about. And I think you'll realize who it is. So I think you will probably be thinking about them or some memory about them when it flickers. So um, check that out. You do have two ghosts in your living space. Oh, really? Are they nice? <laughs> One, um, I feel like doesn't even see you. I feel like it's just kind of passing through and sees its own time. And then the other one just hangs out because he used to like to look at down the window. He used to look out over something and he still likes to watch how things change looking out over something. So he pretty much hangs out at this one window that overlooks things that have changed over time. And he likes to watch the changes. I think it was very old when he passed and he's just still sitting there looking out that window. Interesting. So not really doing anything, just looking out the window. Can um, you tell if there's any other entities here that uh, that other than just a ghost? Yeah. I think you did have a couple of fairies. I think they're not there right now. You had a couple of things moved around or missing and but they're not there right now. They're enjoying the weather right now. We have we have fairies in this house a lot. They they cause all kinds of havoc. But overall, everything feels good. It feels like the projects you're on are, are going to come to fruition in the way that you want them to. It feels like this opportunity. I don't know if it's a 6.2 one or the one that comes when you take the vacation or take the trip in August. I don't know which one of those are, but they're going to be a project that a tool to bring every they're going to make things better, for lack of a better word. They're going to make things come together more smoothly. So I don't know what these things are. I'm looking forward to that. Well, I hope I'm picking up on you because usually I have to have a person's full name to tune in. I've had people tell me their names before and I've written them down assuming how to spell them and then started the reading and nothing resonated. And I have to go back and I'll say, well, how do you spell your name? And then I have to redo it, go in with the right spelling, and then I connect to the right message. Yeah. Yeah. They're very specific. Any questions you want answers to? Yeah, I think the the biggest one that comes to mind is just, you know, is about these projects, which you kind of already touched on. Just that, you know, these are, I'm putting my like blood, sweat, tears, heart, and soul into these projects. And it's a lot. Well, they're saying, don't forget to leave time for you and your wife. That when you're not thinking about this project, you've got to have some valued time when you're not discussing or thinking about these projects. There needs to be just some time for the two of you to just sit around and giggle at something, you know, or do something yeah. silly or something you wouldn't normally do because you are pretty focused. And so they're kind of like, don't forget to unfocus every once in a while. Yeah. I know they're talking about that. What is your wife's first name? Ashley. She feels like she has really lovely energy. She does. But boy, when she gets mad, whew, watch out. <laughs> yeah. It's like she like goes along really calmly and everything. Then she's like me. When I blow, I really blow. And she's yeah. kind of like that too. When she blows, she <laughs> Are you a Scorpio? I am. She is too. I am. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. us. Yeah, that's Scorpios. Us. They got that stinger. <laughs> yeah. What's her birthday? Uh, October 25th. I'm the 26th. Oh, wow. You guys so are close. We are <laughs> very much... Then you understand. 
<laughs> I understand completely. My poor husband does too. So <laughs> I love Scorpios. Yeah, I do too. I think we're we're pretty unique. Everybody is. Everybody's good. So, but it feels like the pro. It feels like you're going to take on another project, though. It does feel like that's coming. Oh God, um, another one. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like it will be more. It'll be like it just, and it may not be till end of the year or next year. But it feels like it'll just fall into your lap, and it'll just fall together, and it'll be like, well, this is fun. So, and it feels like it'll be profitable. That's another good question. I guess there was a project that I auditioned for. It was a paranormal project, and I guess. I just want to throw it out there if that's something that I should completely forget about and it's not how long has it been since you auditioned oh it's been a while but they are it it's like a secondary audition and it sometimes takes a long time for these things yeah and it doesn't really feel like it'll be exactly the one that you auditioned for it feels like it'll be an offshoot or they're going to change the way that is and you'll have to think about if it's still something you want to do or not but it does feel like there's one that you definitely are going to be involved in so it's either that one or one tied to that one in some way gotcha so it feels fun yeah it also feels like, though, you're going to have to stand in your own truth on some things that they expect of you. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that's important, too, that you 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 stand in your own truth. I mean, you can make concessions so far and then you reach a point where, no, I'm not conceding anything else. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that, especially with network shows. That's how that mm -hmm. works. Yeah. Yeah. It the does feel like there's something out there. Yes. Okay. The only other thing really that's been kind of weighing on me is that I've been having health issues and I'm considering switching to a new medication that is got like it I, there's not a ton of research on it but i'm just sort of wondering if anything comes through on that you know how to do self-kinesiology they're like this girl needs this the muscle test aid the one where you are your own pendulum oh i don't know how it works fascinating basically you just stand comfortably put your hands over your solar plexus and say to you know relax kind of close your eyes hands over the solar plexus this is how you get your yes or no's and say your name my name is and you'll go on one direction back or forward. And then you'll say, my name is somebody else's name and you'll go the opposite direction. That's how you set your, and you do that with session. That's how you kind of calibrate yourself. After you get that yes, no, you can hold like medication up to your solar plexus or the name of it and just say, is this suitable for my body? Is this helpful to my body? And you'll get a pendulum answer. Are three of these good for me? Are two of these good for me? Is one of the, you know, if I, like in a vitamin, like if I'm taking vitamin D, mm -hmm. I'll say, is one sufficient for me today? And if it says no, I'll say, well, are two sufficient for me today? If it says no again, I know not to take them that. If it says yes, I'll take my vitamin D. People don't understand what a powerful tool this is because you can even like hold pictures of people up to see if you want to date them or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is this person good for me? It's being your own pendulum. You're actually connecting with your oversoul, with your subconscious. And uh, so you're just answering your own body's questions. But play with it a little bit. And once you play with it a little bit and see how accurate it is, it's a handy tool. And in the medications, I feel like the new one will have more benefit in some areas, but not as much benefit in other areas And as compared to the one you take now. So what you're going to have to do is do the pendulum thing and ask which one gives the best service to your body. Okay. Now, I will tell you that in 7.4 years, because of the COVID vaccine and the methodology that they used to create it, that there's going to be something for you that's going to greatly relieve your health issues. So 7.4 years, if you maintain, I think it'll be almost gone. Yeah, I, that's interesting that you said that because I just had a, I have a degenerative genetic 
nerve right. issue that it basically uh, like that's that's why I was picking up on the cramps and the feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, it, it presents kind of like MS. And when I went to my neurologist recently, he even said he was like, they're making way like not yet. It's It's not yet. But like within your lifetime, there could be a cure for this, which is crazy because it's your DNA and that's how fast things are changing. But well, I think in four years, it'll be a test that the product will be here and it'll take 3.4 more years to become mainstream. So maybe in four or five years, you get into that test program. Yes. Uh, But it's coming. And it all has to do. (laughs) It all has to do with it. I mean, it's like the universe said, okay, this this thing is there and it's feeding on fear and it's doing all this. And so what can we do? How can we use it? And that was one way was by getting our scientists to look at a different way of doing things. Yeah. And so they sent us that technology, sent some brilliant scientists that technology. And it's going to it's going to change the world. Just like antibiotics did when we first got them, kind of. Yeah, that's so cool. Exactly. Any yeah. other questions? I think that's it. And I don't want to take too much of your time, but I'm glad that we did a little bit so that the listeners can kind of get an idea of the the feel of what that's like. And, you know, if they want to book a longer session with you, they can do that on your website. Tell me about Mama Ruby's before we hop <laughs> off here. Mama Ruby's, we do metaphysical events like fairs and and things. And of course, we haven't done them since there's not been anything since quarantine in 2020. So we're just now coming out of our cocoon and we have an event at the last week of the last week of the end of April called uh, Full Moon Sisters Bazaar. And it's here in Lexington. And it's about a 60, 70 vendor uh, and entertainment event. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's It's one we've not tried before. We'll see. But we produce events. We've got one called, we've got one we're working on called Change Channels. It's in myself and two other channels. And we'll present our three ways of channeling over about a three-hour show. And people will get a lot of answers. And when I do galleries, everybody gets asked questions. And they'll do the same type of thing. But it's three different methods of channeling. Rose Campbell and Polly McCullough are the other two. So we're looking forward to that event. If that goes well, we'll do it in other towns. Yeah, that Um, sounds awesome. But yeah, Mama Ruby's is for fun. It's something I can't stand to not do something. Me too. So I have that. So if I want to... Yeah, me too. Did you... If if somebody wanted to check out Full Moon Sisters Bazaar, like for details on that, is that on your website or is there a better website they can... MamaRubies.com. I found out about Mama Ruby in a past life regression. Oh, really? Why it's named that. Yeah. You were named that? In a past life? In a past life. Oh, really? What were you? Everybody called me Mama Ruby. So I went to have a regression, and the regressionist, who is extraordinary, said, well, come with a couple of questions you have, because if you just go to be regressed without knowing what you want to know, you're just going to float around in lives and not get anything out of it. So come with questions. So one of my questions was, why do I understand medicine when I've never been in medicine? So when she regressed me, I found out that I had been a slave out just outside of New Orleans. And I was also the local herbalist, the local medicine woman. So everybody came to me for herbs and things. This regression was the most extraordinary experience. But because all the people came to me for their medicines, the slave owner cut me a lot of slack because he liked all the gossip I could pick up and give him. 
and on the townspeople. Of course, I was I was still discreet, but everybody called me Mama Ruby. I was a rotund black lady with a big laugh. And interestingly, my husband was with me in that life. We've not been together in too many as husband and wife, but he was with me in that one. And I everybody always called him Jimbo, which is interesting because in that past life, they called him Jimbo. So it was wow. fascinating. But I mean, I found out that some of my children are alive in this life. I found out a lot. I know a lot in that lifetime. So I've had four, re- uh, I've been regressed twice to four different lives. Yeah. And one showed me how to take back my power. One showed me why I understand medicine. One showed me why I was afraid to take risks. And after having it, I no longer am afraid to take risks because I understand. And then one showed me about a very evil person that when I see them, I will know it. And they're a child molester. Did you, have you seen them? Uh, yeah. Well, Maybe I have, but they're out of my reach. Mm. But I can certainly point them out to others. So anyway. That's fascinating. Powerful person. Yeah. Oh, right. Like that kind of out of reach. Got it. That kind of out of reach. But I'll do my part to make others aware. I wanted I want to wrap up here, but I, I wanted to ask, you know, because we didn't get to talk about this and I can't believe it's taken this long. But what is the weirdest woo experience you've ever had? I know you did mention the Uh, There's so many. Yeah, Um, that's what everybody says. And there was the moment where you were in, you know, you you had... That was a pretty big woo moment. That's a big woo when they're holding your head down and they're like, get it together. That was probably the biggest woo moment, but it it felt right too. But I I did have one other angelic encounter and it sometimes makes me emotional to talk about it. And it was so simple. I was on what is called Leastown Road here in town and got this median. You turn out to the right. Or the, you know, it's a turnout and then you got other people coming in on the other side. And I was turning out and there was a homeless looking person standing there and he was very, very tall and he had on a long black coat, all shaggy and hairy. And I don't go out of my, I mean, if I'm sitting there and somebody needs a dollar, I'll give them a dollar. But I pulled out and I was so compelled to turn around and go back and give this man money. I only had a couple bucks. So I turned around and I came back and I thought, why is he collecting money here? This is a busy place where people are turning in. Nobody's going to stop and give him money because they'll get rearing. But I stopped and this very tall man walked up to me and I gave him these two bucks and I said, I'm sorry, it's not more. And he looked me directly in the eye and he said, do you know God loves you? I said, yeah. And he's got me locked. The eyes are locked. And he says, and I love you. And I said, Without thinking at all, I said, I love you too. And I got so emotional and I drove off and I looked in my rear view and he was not there. Wow. He was an angel. And I now I see them standing on top of buildings. They often wear long black coats. Watchers. Watchers. Yeah. Under watchers. And it was so emotional because to tell a stranger, a homeless, shaggy, scary looking person, and I love you too, blew me away. But it made me understand the power of those words. So. That was a pretty big woo experience. Yeah, I got you. And my first solid ghost was a big woo experience. So there's been so many. Yeah. Wait, well, tell me that one real quick, if you don't mind. I was working at a horse farm out in Paris. I was working in the office of this training facility. And I had seen shimmers and shadows and all those things. But I was leaving work one night, and it was like this long driveway with big trees. And at the end was this huge monster gate, and you had to stop way before the gate to give it to hit the eye to make this huge, strong gate open, mm-hmm. power gate. And I'm looking as I pull up, and I think, oh, my God, there's a kid standing next to the gate. And the gate was posted by two big stone pillars. 
I stopped and I thought, am I seeing a child standing up there? It dawned on me it didn't have a lot of color, just a little color, but it was probably 70% solid. And I thought, no, that's not a child. That's a jockey. Mm. It's a small person. And he turned around and looked right at me and it scared me to death because I had not seen, I saw a full body and it started gliding. There was a there was the gate and it and me and my car in between us. And we're talking probably 50, 60 feet. Between us was a big tree. And it started sliding over to that tree, gliding over behind this tree. And the whole time it's watching me. And I think, mm-hmm. oh, my God, if this thing gets in my car, I'm, I'm going to pants. What am I going to do? You <laughs> I'm going to shit my pants. I can't drive. Exactly. Because, <laughs> yeah, not wet my pants. I was going <laughs> to do the other. But uh, And the gate wasn't open enough for me to go through. And I was hesitant to anyway. And it slid out of that tree. And I thought, oh, my God. And it just disappeared. Wow. Oh, that place was haunted. We couldn't keep a night watchman because the night watchman would see somebody bringing a horse in and there would be nobody. And you could be up in the clocker's tower and you could hear a horse coming and yeah. see the legs of somebody and the legs of a horse and it'd go on by and you'd hear it fade away. It was an incredibly haunted place. Awesome place. Yeah, super cool. I mean, I've never seen a full body apparition. That's the I- only time I ever have seen yeah, full body. They're so rare. Yeah. And it's it's so cool. And and I've been with someone when they saw one and I was like, why didn't I say it? And they were like losing <laughs> their mind, you know, like shitting their pants, basically. Exactly. But yeah, I, I haven't yet. So that's still that's still on my so, list. That's my only time. And I've been around a long time. And I've, like I said, I've seen lots of movement and shadows and shimmers, and but not not standing there looking at me where I could see the design on their clothing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. My office was built. There was an old two-story kind of antebellum home on the farm that was being remodeled. And the first time I came to work there, I could see somebody standing in the doorway, like a woman with an apron, but it was just a shimmery, you know, and it was from a distance. So I'm thinking, well, that's just light playing on the door in my imagination. And my office was a new building that was constructed on the back of that building as they remodeled the old house. And at one point in time, the jockey stayed in the house before they built jockey quarters. And so I had a jockey come in one day and, and uh, he said, I'm, I'm not going to stay in this house. He, he had a very heavy Hispanic accent, but he's, he's like, I used to sleep there. He said, but no more. And I said, what happened? He said, all the time we saw a lady on the steps. But he said, one night I was asleep and he woke up and felt someone fondling him. And he said, it felt really good. He said, it felt really good. And he said, then I thought, I can't see it. Is it a boy or is it a girl? And he said, I got out of there and I never went back. (laughs) That's hilarious. Good till he wasn't sure who was fondling him. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, nobody would, nobody would stay in that house. Mm. Do you have access to it still? No, the owner sold it and it broke my heart because it was a magical place. Yeah, sounds so cool. And it had been part of another farm. After the person he sold it to nearly destroyed it, the original farm bought it back. And it's a very private place. Mm, Yeah, got it. Well, um, it has been a pleasure pleasure chatting with you. (laughs) A pleather. (laughs) A pleather. It's been, been a, a pleasure for me too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I I would love you know do you, I would love to chat with you again and also if you're open to to coming out to Owensboro for that gig, you know, are you still open to just having a conversation about that? Sure. Okay, cool. Yeah, let me see. I'm always looking for new adventures, so sure. All right. Do you have any last words for the listeners or or just something that's 
that's on the top of your mind? Every day, every day, find something that makes you laugh or gives you joy. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's a stupid movie. I don't care if it's a stupid memory. Every day, find something that makes you joyful for just a second. It's going to change your whole life. The other thing is every day, even if it's been one of the worst days of your life, there's going to be a grain of something that you can be grateful. So find that little grain and just say thanks for it that day. Just thinking about it acknowledges it. You don't actually have to say thank you, but you, you acknowledge it by the thought that you're grateful for that. Right. The other thing, and this is something they want everyone to know, is that no one is ever alone. Mm-hmm. No one is ever alone. Um, and they want people to understand that, that entities are there to reach out to. And they're always watching and they're always there to help. They just have to know what you need, what you require. So find joy, find gratitude, and know you're not alone. Those three things are really important for us right now, specifically. And drink plenty of clean water. And drink all that goddamn water. You know, All of it. Yeah. Every bit. Every drop of it. And <laughs> make sure it's clean and don't. And you put lemon in yours. And I had to put lemon in mine. That's right. Um, At least one glass a day with lemon. All right. I will do that. It'll help flush out those toxins. I will 100% do that. And um, I will also try that pendulum technique. I have not tried it with the body back and forth. So cool. Get your baseline. Get your yes and no before each session. Yeah. Am I 37? You know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Exactly. The name is the best way to get it. My name is. My name is. And it will show you definitely. It does change occasionally. Mine's normally the same directions, but I do get my baseline every time. Yeah. Same with the pe- regular pendulum. It's, exactly. Sometimes it your... switches. Yeah. Exactly. And by the way, if you use those very often, they start telling you what you want to know. I know. They, they start loving us. Well, Start, they start getting so much with their energy that they start telling us what we want to know. So you either have to change pendulums or, or leave them alone for a while. I knew it. I'm so glad you said that because I have this pendulum. I, I think they told me to tell you. Because I have this pendulum that I cannot work with anymore because I swear it was not accurate. And I was like, well, how is it not accurate though? Like, they will not it. You know, at the beginning when you say, um, you know, show me yes, show me no, ask it, will you work with me? And sometimes they'll stay absolutely still and there's not a thing you can do to get them to move. And that's them saying, no, this is a decision you need to make for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are times they just won't work with us. I think it's time to get a new pendulum and put that one aside for a while. Yeah. Give it a little break or put yeah. it in the window and give it a little cleanup. Yeah. Yeah. Just step away from it for a while. Yeah. It's the only one I've had for a long time. So I think it's definitely time. Very tied tied to your energy then. So yeah. it's going to tell you what you want it to tell you. Yeah. Give it a break. All right. Well, thank you. We this will... was fun. Yeah. Thank you. This We've gone way over. I hope I didn't keep you too long. No, I've enjoyed every minute of it. I, you know, follow the woo. I'm definitely woo. I'm about as woo as you get and still maintain a normal grandmother, mother, wife life. (laughs) (laughs) So I have fun. Yeah, me too. And um, I will let you know about that thing. I'm going to find out in about like 15 minutes here. So I will just shoot you an email and and let you know. Right? Yeah. Or if you got my phone, you can text, whatever. All right, Beverly, have a great day. Thank you. Enjoy your evening. Oh, yeah, evening. It's evening now. Enjoy that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah.
Well, there you have it. That's what happens when a, a witch and a psychic go to a bar. Just kidding. Beverly and I have never been to a bar. Not that I remember. Maybe we have. I don't know. But uh, I promised that I would tell you if any of that stuff that Beverly said came true. I hadn't looked at the notes or listened to this episode or this interview in, like I said, a year. So it was really interesting to see, oh, hey, I was like yelling at my wife. I'm like, hey, babe, where were we in August of 2023? Because she had said you're going to be taking a trip in August, which will turn into an opportunity. And I totally forgot that in August of 2023, we went to Salem, Massachusetts, and I met some vampires. Some more vampires. Can you believe it? Some people go their whole lives not meeting a single fucking vampire. And I've met like a gajillion. Oh, dear. Life is weird. Uh, I met some vampires. And it's funny because Beverly says it would turn into an opportunity. I haven't connected with them yet, but it has been something that's on my mind because we've considered approaching them about giving us a different perspective on vampirism in season two. Another thing that she said was like, I think it was like 6.2 weeks, something like that, from the date of this interview, which I went back and I looked. And it is February 9th. I can't believe it. Jesus Christ. And so I backtracked, you know, to six weeks later. And it was just after we had filmed the first season of Inhuman Beings, the second show that we're working on. I, I do think it's interesting that it, six weeks is really like right after we filmed the second show. There was a lot that happened after that. I mean, it's always hard after the show because we go into a liminal magical space. Everybody goes a little bit insane. It's a little bit of the frenzy on set as well. And what do you think about Montugu? That's interesting. I don't know a lot. I don't know shit about fuck. Any of you watch Ozark? I feel like I've asked you that before. Remember when she's like, I don't know shit about fuck, Marty. You should absolutely get a reading from Beverly McChesney. You can go to beverlymcchesney.com to see what she's up to. It's very easy to schedule a reading on there, and she has very fair prices. And her readings are really accurate, so I highly recommend Beverly. You can also check out the paranormal and metaphysical events and other special events that Beverly's got going on at mamarubies.com. Also, we got a new moon coming up in Aquarius on Friday that I'm really pumped about because it's on a day that some of our team who are local to Louisville, Kentucky here will be investigating a haunted house in New Albany, Indiana. And that'll be on our TikTok live. So definitely make sure you check into our TikToks. We used to do seances or some kind of investigation every Friday night on TikTok, but we took a little bit of a break because we had to kind of catch up with figuring out the algorithm and all the new changes and things and some of the other projects that we're working on, but we're back starting this Friday. And we'll be doing more on-site investigations in our lives coming up, but then we'll go back to like the traditional seances that we do. People love that shit. And we tend to always make contact with someone or something, which is fascinating. I think it has a lot to do with the energy of our combined group together. So a new moon in Aquarius while we're doing an investigation at a haunted house, it's going to be exciting. So check us out at New Blood Universe on TikTok and everywhere else as well. Like I said, we're just trying to get this ball rolling again with Follow the Woo. It's going to take a minute to get all the new pieces back online, like ads and social media and a new trailer and all the things that we have to do. So many things. Fucking shit. Fuck. All right. Bye. Thank you for following The Woo with me today. If you love what you heard, please make sure to subscribe to Follow The Woo wherever you listen to podcasts. 
And if you're feeling particularly stoked about this show, please leave a review and or rating. You can also support this podcast by becoming a member of The Order of Woo, where you'll get community access and loads of extra goodies exclusively on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash follow the woo. The Order of Woo patrons bolster this podcast and community and allow for the creation of more content, products, services, and events over time. Every little bit helps, and I'm so grateful for the patrons who have joined the Order already. If you've experienced something magical, mystical, or just downright weird and want to discuss it, or if you're interested in sharing your expertise, or if you want me to research a Woo topic with you or for you, please email me at followthewoo at gmail.com. Join me next week for another woo topic. And remember, tell the truth, be nice to each other, and if it feels right, 